Welcome to the first Wednesday of 2021, and this one goes by the name January 6th. This is the appropriate version of the Charlottesville Community Engagement newscast and newsletter, and I'm the person you're listening to, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, another one-day record for COVID-19 cases in Virginia and the Blue Ridge Health District. The Virginia State Crime Commission votes 9-2 to to recommend eliminating mandatory minimum sentences, an update from the Charlottesville Tree Commission, and the Chesapeake Bay Foundation gives a D-plus to the estuary's water quality. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out comes from an anonymous supporter who wants to remind you once again that we keep each other safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. Virginia has set another one-day record for COVID-19 cases reported by the Virginia Department of Health, with 5,387 today. The seven-day average for positive tests has increased to 16.7%. That number was 10.6% on December 6th, when the impacts of the Thanksgiving holiday began to show up in the data. The post-Christmas surge is reflected in the Blue Ridge Health District, which also sets a new record with 193 cases today. That's 64 cases in Albemarle, 46 in Charlottesville, 26 in Fluvanna, 16 in Green, 37 in Louisa, and 4 in Nelson. There are no deaths reported today. Today, the Blue Ridge Health District will begin administering vaccines at the new location set up at the former Kmart at the intersection of Hydraulic Road and US-29. Catherine Goodman is communications manager in the district. We anticipate 8,000 people in Phase 1A and will be vaccinating hundreds this week and expanding clinics next week to keep increasing capacity for vaccinating as many people as possible. At our greatest capacity in the Kmart location, we will have 18 nurses vaccinating people in 10-minute appointments from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. multiple times per week. Goodman said that guidelines for Phase 1B and 1C will be released later this week. Governor Ralph Northam will address Virginia at 2 p.m. today. Democrats have held on to two seats in the General Assembly in special elections held yesterday. In the second district race to replace Jennifer Carroll Foy, Democrat Candy King defeated Republican Heather Mitchell, 4,386 votes to 4,123, or 51.4% to 48.4%. In the 90th district, Democrat Angelia Williams-Graves won by a more comfortable margin against Republican Sylvia Marie Bryant. Graves got 63.5% of the vote to Bryant's 36.4%. That race was to replace Joe Lindsay, who resigned to become a judge. At recording time, Charlottesville City Council is holding an emergency meeting in closed session. The meeting comes a day after news broke that the firm Ralph Anderson & Associates has stopped work on a search for a new city manager. Let's hear the call to that meeting from Councillor Heather Hill. I hereby move that City Council close this open meeting and convene in a closed session as authorized by Virginia Code Section 2.23711A1 for discussion or consideration of one or more prospective candidates for employment or appointment to the position of city manager and for discussion or consideration of the performance or one or more city councilors. Section 2.23711A29 for discussion of a public contract involving the expenditure of public funds and of the terms or scope of such contract where discussion in an open session would adversely affect the bargaining position or negotiating strategy of the public body. 
and section 2.237.11A8 for consultation with the legal counsel to obtain legal advice regarding any of the specific closed meeting discussions referenced in this motion. At around 12.30, counsel took a break from the closed session and then voted to enter back into it beginning at 3.30 this afternoon. We'll have information, if we can, in tomorrow's newsletter. However, the meeting is not Charlottesville's first meeting of 2021. That honor goes to the Tree Commission, which met yesterday to discuss several items and get updates. One of them was on the Place Design Task Force, a group created by a previous city council in March 2012 to advise council on urban design issues. That body has been pondering its existence, and here's Mark Rylander, who serves on both Place and the Tree Commission. So the last few meetings have uh, consisted of of a kind of strategizing among ourselves how to um, you know how to best be useful. Place was originally charged with reporting to council, and now is sort of under the NDS umbrella, which means that you know without without sort of more assertive planning by place itself, you know, it, as, as a group, it will, it will sort of morph into a, an advisory body that chases after whatever, what the, whatever NDS feels they might want to ask place to look at. In November, Parag Agrawal accepted an offer to be the new director of Neighborhood Development Services, but he decided instead to take a similar job in Prince William County, according to the Daily Progress. This year, Council will need to decide what to do with the West Main Streetscape, a project conceived of in 2012 at the request of place members at the time, to replace an earlier conceptual design for a street that had been anticipated to see several large buildings constructed. Now, the project has a cost estimate of tens of millions of dollars at a time when the city is coming close to its debt capacity. You know, it's becoming apparent that not that, that maybe the city can't afford everything that was planned for, for the West Main Street project. And, um, and it's, a, you know, it's a sensitive topic and a lot of work has gone into it, but that's, that's potentially what place is working on. The Tree Commission also discussed their annual report, which will unveil the percentage of the city's landmass covered by trees, a term known as the tree canopy. Higher levels of tree canopy can reduce heat in urban communities, and the Tree Commission is working to educate the public on this point, especially as the city works on a climate action plan. Brian Menard is the commission's chair. This commission is really um, sees its mission as having fully evolved, not beyond its charge, but that we are looking at things beyond um, aesthetics and beauty and even just um, you know, tree types, um, that, that we really are undertaking um, larger issues. Menard noted that the Tree Commission recently passed its 10th anniversary and that the commission is poised to be part of the conversations on social justice and climate change. The report will be presented to the council at their meeting on January 19th. A 13-member body that makes recommendations on public safety policy has voted 9-2 to to advise the state government to remove laws that require judges to incarcerate people for a minimum period of time. 
Before their vote, the Virginia State Crime Commission was briefed on the topic and learned that there are 224 distinct offenses that require mandatory minimum sentences, 162 of which are felonies and 62 are misdemeanors. The idea had the support of Fairfax's deputy public defender, Andy Elgers, who spoke at public comment. He gave several reasons why he thought all mandatory minimum sentences in Virginia should be abolished. The first is that the threat of mandatory minimum sentences distorts our legal process. Uh, Jury trials in Virginia are now extraordinarily rare. In 2019, as we discussed during the special session last year, only 1.3% of criminal convictions came from jury trials. One of the reasons for that is because a prosecutor can threaten a five or a 10-year mandatory minimum in some cases, or even life as a mandatory minimum in some cases while simultaneously offering a shorter sentence as part of a plea agreement. The effect this leverage has on the accused is overwhelming. Elders said there is no evidence that mandatory minimums have reduced crime. However, Delegate Les Adams said that data is inconclusive, and he voted against a motion for the commission to recommend elimination of mandatory minimums for all 224 offenses until there was more study. You know, to give it sort of the improvider of of the commission, I don't know that that's appropriate. You know, I, I don't see how the you know elimination of the mandatory minimum sentence would be something that would gain widespread support in you know by our colleagues in the House and Senate. The other vote against the motion was from Norfolk Police Chief Larry Boone, who was opposed to dropping mandatory minimums for assaults on law enforcement officers. In our current environment that we've gone through in the last six months or so, um, although I hadn't done the research, I I would suspect that uh, assault on law enforcement has probably gone up. A nonprofit organization that monitors the ecological health of the Chesapeake Bay has released its annual report and has given another D-plus grade. Will Baker is the president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. The Chesapeake Bay system is still dangerously out of balance. But there's hope for improvement as pollution levels decline and the dead zone retreats. Let me say that again, because it's key. Six states and the District of Columbia are under a deadline to significantly reduce pollution and improve water quality by 2025 in a process known as the TMDL, or Total Maximum Daily Load. In Virginia, that requires all localities in the Bay's watershed to significantly reduce levels of nitrogen, phosphorus, and sediment that enter waterways. Locally, that has included investments, such as $48 million to upgrade the Moores Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant, a project completed in 2012. The current D-plus is a sober reminder that the road ahead remains steep, and the clock is ticking. Albemarle continues to address the issue and will soon kick off the second phase of an initiative to improve stream health with community meetings on January 21st and January 22nd. You can learn more about the county's efforts in a link that's in the newsletter. Today in meetings, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors meets at 1 p.m. and the Fluvanna Board of Supervisors meets at 4 p.m. in two different places. Details on both can be found in the Week Ahead newsletter that went out on Sunday. One correction before we move on. I had reported earlier this week that the planning commission, the city's planning commission, is going to have a work session on the capital improvement program with city council on January 12th. 
That has now been postponed to February 9th. Go back and listen to that bit about the West Main streetscape stuff. Uh, that's great because it means I have more time to write a third installment in the West Main Street saga. If you're curious to know what I'm talking about, send me a line and I'll be happy to send you all of that information. And that's it for today's show. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I really appreciate that you have been able to take a listen to this today. Uh, I also thank the people who just read it, but of course, they're not hearing this, and frankly, it's their loss. Um, If you would like to support this program, I would certainly welcome that. I have cleared the decks, and this is now what I do every day to make a living. And you can subscribe via Substack. You can send on a monthly recurring donation through Patreon, or you can send me a one-time payment through Venmo, or you can just simply write me a check. If none of those options are something you can do at this time, well, what you can really do is send this on to your friends, your coworkers, people in your homeowners association, people in your neighborhood. The whole point is to connect people with information about this community that I think you all need to know on some level or at least to be made aware of things such as this. I'd like to also apologize to the person who is probably expecting a segment today. I need one more day because there's just so much going on. We're six days into the year, and my goodness, it's going to be a busy one. In the meantime, please stay safe out there. You heard the numbers at the top of the newscast. We are in numbers that are much more dangerous than what we had in March, uh, in April, in May. And, um, you know, uh, we know what to do. We've been doing this for a while. So stay home, stay safe, uh, and please don't take any silly risks. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. And I swear, Lisa Woolfork, it is going to be in tomorrow's episode because I am going to make that commitment. Thanks again for listening.